This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to episode 132 of the Laravel News Podcast. We're glad to have you joining us again and with me once again. As always, the man, the myth, the legend, the Aussie awesomeness, Mr. Michael Dorinda. Hello there. How are you going? I am going well. How are you? You look like you could use some sleep. Yeah, there's been too many late nights this week. Bro, between, for sure. Um I'm mostly my own fault, I think. Um, just like rushing to the finish line for then ping me. We can talk about it now. We can because it's because it's actually out and because it's in the episode. So there was a it's in the episode. Yep, it's in the episode. So we could just start out the top of the hour with that. It's not. It's not going to be an hour. How long do we have? It's not. We don't have that long. We have thirty minutes at best. Thirty minutes at best. Okay, ready, set, go. So let's uh, let's just start with that. So the. Uh, the episode, not the episode, the blog post was called Using a Laravel Scheduled Tasks You Should Be Using Then Ping Me. So if you haven't heard of Then Ping Me, this is a product that Michael and myself have been working on for the last year and a half. Um, and so basically what it does is it monitors all of your scheduled tasks in Laravel. So if you're using the console slash kernel.php to have any recurring jobs and you're running scheduler as a cron, and it picks up those jobs and runs them for you on a schedule, you should be checking out then ping me. And what it does is it makes sure that all of your jobs run on time every time and make sure they don't fail silently on, on you. Uh, so that's the quick, quick elevator pitch for it. Uh, it does a couple other things too, Michael. Tell us about what some of the other items that it does for you. Well, on top of all of that kind of stuff, it does give you some nice dashboards that provide you actionable insights into your task. So it's not just hey, your thing's not working. It's giving you the ability to look back at historical data and see maybe your tasks started consuming more memory or maybe your task started taking longer and longer to run. And you can see how these things kind of cascade into each other. And the way that the the task scheduler runs tasks one after the other, they don't run at the same time as each other. Sometimes you won't notice this necessarily. Um, Your task will just start getting later and later as one report takes longer and longer to run and things like that. So... Being able to have a, an overview of all of that in one place means that you can identify when these things are happening and then take action to to sort them out. So um, probably not the spot for it here, but we will have links to it in the show notes in terms of the, the product itself um, and the article that we wrote and also the presentation that I gave at the Laravel Worldwide Meetup back in uh, August when we thought we were going to launch Then Ping Me the first time. Yeah, and we so, we could actually po- like point them back to like the episode on um, the North Meet South episode where we started kind of talking mm-hmm. about this idea, right? And so this is one of those things that you never really realize you need until you get bit by a job not running, um, like a critical job, and then it becomes mm-hmm. very important very quickly uh, because if you don't have insight into those things and something, uh, and here's the deal too, is like all those things that you have that are running as recurring background tasks, typically those are pretty critical things to happen. Not always, but mm-hmm. a lot of times they are. So it could be sending out invoices. It could be, um, 
you know, collecting data from an SFTP portal and pushing it into your system of record. I mean, there's like a million things that it could be, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but most of the time, they're pretty important. And so when you recognize that they're not happening, um, or, or that even worse, they haven't been happening for quite some time, and you thought they were, then you get into mm -hmm. a real world of hurt really quickly. And so basically, we had at our company a hand-rolled version uh, that doesn't work great, but it works okay. And so Michael mm -hmm. and I kind of brainstormed and said, what if it did all these things? And so some of the these things are that it's um, got native task monitoring. So it uses Laravel events to monitor your scheduled tasks. So that's what allows it to give you insights into memory usage, time to completion, overlapping jobs, collisions. Uh, it handles multi-server setups, right? So if you have multiple servers running on the same sort of schedule. Um, and it also, one of the other things, that, which was a huge deal for me, and this is why uh, I originally kind of brought the idea up to Michael, was that whenever we were writing a new scheduled job, we always had to go into our dashboard and we had to set up a new scheduled thing for it. And we had to say how often it should run and what are the hours it shouldn't run and all of this mess. And it was just super annoying to have to do that every single time. Um, mm -hmm. And then you'd have to get the hash and then go paste it in there. And it was just always annoying because the pull requests would come through with um, slash slash to do colon Jake add a whatever, whatever. And then I'd have to go add it and push it. It was annoying, super annoying. Yeah. So we've got auto synced tasks. So this automatically handles syncing your console uh, kernel so that all of the jobs are kept up to date in your dashboard automatically, which is pretty awesome. So lots of really yeah. cool new features uh, or not cool new features, just cool features in general. And um, it's, it's a pretty reasonable pricing right now. So you can get 15% off uh, at least if you sign up right now during this sort of initial promo period. Uh, I think for the lower tiers, it's actually up to like 35% off of what it will be when, uh, yeah. once we kind of roll out into our normal pricing. So, so yeah, pretty cool. Not, not to mention, for those of you listening to this right now, there is also a coupon code. If you use the coupon Laravel mm -hmm. News, you'll get an additional 5% off for your first three months. So and, go and check it out. And you get 15 days for free. So that's pretty cool too. Yes. Unless Thanks. you're listening to the stream right now. If you're going to sign up right now, that won't yeah. happen. But no. after this is finished, when you when you review the, <laughs> the pull request, we will get that out and fix that up. Yep. 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 Well, hey, that's uh, that's then ping me. That's the thing that we've been working on. We've kind of alluded to it a couple of times in this show over the past mm -hmm. year and a half, but it's finally out there. So yay. Yay for us. Yes, indeed. All right. Very excited that it is done. And I slept very well last night. Well, when I eventually went to bed, I was <laughs> just, yeah. It was 1 a.m. again. Too many 1 a.m. nights this week. Absolutely. So I can get back to a reasonable sleeping time. You need anyway, it, man. You the rest of the show, let's talk show. about releases. 8.13. up, Laravel 8.13 was released. Uh, we talked about 8.12 last episode I as well so. at mm -hmm. a very high level. There was no blog post for most of the, the talk that we had around it was just around That's right. the support for PHP 8. But we do have some things to, here to talk about it as well. So we'll just breeze over them as well. There's the ability to create observers with a custom path, which was contributed by Stefano Ducci Convenia. Uh, it's the ability to use stubs with the make observer command. So if you've ever published your Laravel stubs and customized them for when you're using the Laravel make commands, there's one now being created for make observer. There's a new lazy method added in the Eloquent 8 um, eloquent factories in Laravel 8, sorry. This was contributed by Matthew Tedisco. Tedisco. Uh, so in Laravel 7, the old, older or the legacy style factories used to have the ability to um, pass lazy onto the end of your factory, which would create a record only if it was cold. 
Um, so that that was lost in the in the transition to the model based uh, the class based factories, but that has been restored now. Uh, JMac contributed an eloquent cast that handles encryption and decryption of strings into your database. So if in the public cast property, you can have a a key for your database field, and then the the value being the string encrypted, and that will handle using Laravel's crypt facade to encrypt and decrypt your uh, data into the database. There is a new database refreshed event that fires right after both a migrate fresh and migrate refresh command call. The new event allows developers to perform secondary actions after refreshing the database. And you can also use the event class from the Illuminate database events namespace. We have a new with column method to support aggregate functions. And this supports more SQL aggregation functions like min, max, sum, average, etc. on your relationships. So you can do uh, with count, with max, with min, with sum, and with average, A-V-G, um, in order to perform aggregate functions in a simplified way, which is nice. It's always nice to get those little um, quality of life improvements. Uh, we also talked about the explain method being added to the eloquent query builder, uh, which allows you to spit out the explanation from the query planner from your database engine to see what index is being used, how it's querying your database and things like that because it's a bit it's a bit uh, of a journey to otherwise convert to SQL and then you have mm-hmm. to manually yeah, fill out, the, out yeah. uh, you know, you have to dump it, then you have to fill out, you know, copy paste the the placeholders and things like that. So the explain, um, basically you can call explain to return the explanation or chain a DD to basically explain and then dump that immediately. So, so that nice, is yeah. great. Um, Dries had been working on adding PHP 8 support to Laravel um, over the past few weeks, both in first and third-party libraries, so making pull requests downstream into packages that Laravel depends on in order to get that up and running and, and coordinating all of those efforts. I think uh, Graham Campbell was involved in that as well. Yeah, so, for sure he is. Um, Laravel, uh, Laravel, PHP version 8 is around the corner. I think it's set to release on the 10th of December, so it's just a couple of weeks away now um, if you're starting to update packages and things like that. A lot of the ones that I've looked at have already got support for PHP 8, which is good it'll it'll smooth the transition um depending on where you're working actually moving to laravel uh, goodness me actually moving to php 8 may you know be something that you kick down the road a little bit wait for a 8.1 or so just in case there's any sort of issues but i think the php team are pretty good at at uh, the release management so i wouldn't have too many issues that but you can start you know um if you're using docker and GitHub Actions and things like that. It's fairly straightforward to get those things up and running with PHP 8 to start testing against new versions of um, PHP. Uh, we've also had some new route registrations contributed by Gregory Pinetas. Uh, these are some new route regex registration methods to easily define route parameters for repetitive regular expressions. Um, so if you wanted to have, rather than using um, regular expressions, you could say where number, where alpha, um, rather than having to do, you know, where, then key value and saying, um, writing your actual regex in there. So if you're just using simple things to, to make sure that your authors are always numbers and, and things like that in your um, queries, uh, in your route strings, then this is a nice, easy way of doing that. Um, we've also got the ability to not release a job um, if it's been rate limited. So when called, the don't release method will not release the job back to the queue when the job has been rate limited. So uh, take that for whatever you need that for. Also, Khalil Lalaire contributed the with column method to support aggregate functions. I feel like we talked about this at the start. It's just been uh, double double dumped here. Oh, sorry. We talked about with column aggregate methods. This one is load 
um, same thing. So rather than uh, with with count, with max, with min, with etc., we've now got load count, load, load yeah, max, right. min, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is sorry, moving into Laravel eight dot thirteen. Uh, so we've also got the chunk method being added to fluent strings, which was contributed by Chris Kankevich. Uh, this allows fluent strings to be chunked by a specific length. So you could go string colon colon of foobarbaz chunk three, and that will return you a collection of um, foo, bar, and baz as separate strings. Um, and you've also got the ability to do weird and wonderful things like string of foobarbaz. Low, arrow lower arrow chunk three arrow implode so and that will return uh that was that was the very slender release after 8.12 i talked for quite some time there so jake why don't you take 8.14 and 8.15 for us yeah absolutely before we do that i'm just gonna say it's kind of crazy how much stuff is coming out here and like the interesting thing is all of these contributions that we're talking about here i was going to say initially it was like oh it's because the laravel team is growing it's not these are all open source contributions <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. like all of them. <laughs> so, except yeah. for Drees is working on, you know, they've got that. Um, but man, a lot of good work going on here. This is really, really great stuff. Um, so, again, yeah, kind of check these things out in the show notes. Uh, the one that was really interesting to me is the uh, don't release option for job rate limiting. I feel like there's been a lot of movement on these sorts of things recently, um, uh, and there's actually a little bit more in eight fourteen. So let's talk about that real quick here. So eight fourteen. Um, Dispatch unique jobs. So Paris Malhorta contributed. Is that right? Malhatra. Malhatra contributed the ability to dispatch unique jobs uh, that will not dispatch another job with the same key unless the job has completed processing. So an example of this would be um, for us. We have a job that runs like every five or f- no, it's like every. F- let me think. Things every 30 minutes, right? And so this is a uh, great example of kind of what we were talking about before with the then ping me stuff. It was running every 30 minutes, but some of it would run like it would be delayed or run slow. And so it was possible Mm -hmm. that some of the emails that we were dispatching to the queue weren't getting all the way through. All of them weren't being done by the time it ran the next time. And so we would end up having double up on emails because we would mark this uh, column or this row as, you know, sent at whatever. And so the next time it run, it'd say, grab me anything that hasn't been sent at and go ahead and queue an email for that. So basically what this does is this allows you to say, uh, you provide a unique ID method on the job, and then you just provide whatever you want as a key. And so the next time you go to queue that job, it'll essentially check to make sure that it's unique off of that key that you've provided. And if it isn't, then it won't push it to the queue. So this is really neat, uh, very helpful. Uh, you have this encrypt using method. So we're talking about how uh, Jason McCurry has been on this uh, little bit of a war path to enable encrypting into the database using just casts on Laravel. Uh, so Ilya Sakovich contributed an encrypt using model method. Again, this is a method that you can put onto any onto any model that allows you to define an encryptor to be used for your encrypted string casts. So you can basically say, instead of using the default Laravel encryption, you can have your own encryptor that you create and that you push in, uh, and then you can new it up and then return it in that uh, model encrypt using value there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we've got MySQL dump and import using sockets. So Lito contributed support for MySQL sockets with the schema dump command. So previously you couldn't dump a schema if uh, MySQL only allowed socket connections. Now you can. Uh, we also have route constraints uh, for alphanumeric. So this is actually something I wasn't aware of. So you can say 
I think I've used it before actually, but I've forgotten about it. So you can say route get, and then uh, on the end of that, you append a fluent method called where you provide an argument that you're accepting in your URL. So if you had where slash mm-hmm. and then bracket name bracket, so you can define what uh, is a valid string for that name, right? So you could say it should only be integers or it should only be uh, oh, you know, something dash something, whatever. So previously, in order to be able to do alphanumeric, you actually had to specify the regex. Well, now there is just a where alphanumeric string or a method that you can use, and that will that will basically uh, inject that alphanumeric mm-hmm. regex for you. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Eight thirteen also introduced a few route parameter constraint shortcuts similar to this one that I don't think we mentioned. So if you're if that's something you're using, you can check that out. It might be a little bit more convenient. So that's the list of eight four. We've also got 8.15. Let's talk about that, Michael. Let us do it now. 8.15 was uh, released, I suppose, is the word I was looking for. (laughs) Um, First up, we had, hmm, this is just a a name. Verabellicasaba. Hi there. Uh, Anyway, that person. Contributed support for MariaDB in the schema dump command. Previously, the command was not working as expected with MariaDB, which is something that I ran into. So haven't been able to use it until now, but we'll be able to check that out when we update to 8.15 uh, next week. Um, we added a new parse named validation rule parameters, which was contributed by at Ragulka. These are all these names that people are not sharing their names, so we can't attribute them to their wonderful contributions. Uh, but this contributed making the validator parse named parameters public for use in custom validation rules. As uh, so the parameters that are passed into the query, I assume. Hmm. Oh, this is so that you can, in your validator, mm, yeah, make, you can have a custom rule and then you can have um, you know, country equals US, comma, level equals pro. And it allows you to parse out the parameters into named values. So instead of getting country equals US as a value, right? So getting the string country equal sign US, you would get country arrow US as an array of named, so key value pairs. So that's quite handy if you've had to do that in the past. Uh, James Kingsley contributed a convenience method to the stringable class in order to get a class hmm. base okay. name. So there is a class underscore base name right. helper in Laravel. This is just adding it to... So if you were to do string colon colon of static colon colon class, so pass in the class name, then you could do class base name and that would return you the base name of that class, which is handy if you want to... Indeed it is. I like the the stringable stuff. I like being able to operate on strings as, um, you know, as first class objects rather than having to do, you know, wrapping things in function after function using, you know, string things and string helpers and PHP and whatever else. Yep. Um, it gives you lots of nice convenience things, and especially if you're doing splitting. So you could do like we do, we do validation on, on email addresses, you know, give me the string before the at symbol or mm-hmm. give me everything after that symbol and things like that. So it's it's much nicer to do that with fluent syntax on a stringable object than, than having to parse things and using regex and all the kinds of and, nasty and things that you have to do. This is where Caleb Porzio got his start and look where he is. Remember, he was mm-hmm. the string king. String helpers. He was the string king. He was the man. So James Kingley, Kingsley, there is uh, there's a path forward for you, my friend. Keep Absolutely. contributing those uh, stringable methods. <laughs> Next up, we had Nuno Maduro contributed to the possibility uh, of testing the file upload content. So if you're using the 
storage fake facade, um, being able to, to assert against things that, that are in there. Um, you know, you used to be able to do uh, assert exists. You'd have to check the, um, you know, the file exists first and then separately you would have to then make assertions against the content of that. So you would have to uh, assert, you know, if you wanted to assert that foo.csv existed, you would do that as one operation and then you would do something outside of the storage fake where you would do this assert same and then you would check the string and then pass in that whole like storage colon colon disk read foo.csv in order to do it. Whereas now you can do it all in one operation. Yeah, that's um, interesting. You know, storage disk assert exists foo.csv comma and then what you're asserting exists inside of that all in all in one operation rather than than two separate things. So that's uh, a nice little again a quality of life improvement. Uh, Dries Vince and Graham Campbell contributed support to doc- the Doctrine DBAL library version three, the next major release of the DBAL package. Uh, which brings PHP 8 support, focuses on API improvements and removes deprecated APIs. So a big thanks to all of those involved in supporting DBAL and integrating it with Laravel version 8. For those of you who don't know what the DBAL library is, that is that is the library that you need to use if you are ever making changes to your database schema. So when you're creating migrations, if you were to create a new table or um, you know, remove a table, that just uses Laravel's built-in schema stuff. But if you were to do table arrow um you know string name arrow change right that change thing is what's leveraging the the dbl library so um it's good to see that there's a lot of inter package support you know laravel is helping out other other parts of the community other pockets of the community to to get their packages up to scratch rather than you know just doing the i guess traditional open source thing and opening an issue and saying this doesn't work they're just rolling their sleeves up and getting it done so it's great to see that level of uh, community contribution from the laravel community outwards into you know the things that we that we we all rely on so um that is that that is all of the laravel releases the next thing we have here that you can talk to us about jake is the laravel breeze yeah, so Laravel Breeze is like a first-party package released from the Laravel team. So it's a brand-new package released by Taylor. And I think, I mean, I don't know for sure if it's a if it's a response to sort of some of the backlash that was um, brought about by Jetstream, which we are using happily, by the way, and then ping me. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It does so much cool stuff for you. Um, it's really, really, really good. But some people had a problem because they felt it was a too complex of a setup, which I guess... I won't wait. I won't weigh in on that. I'll just I'll just read the news, huh? Should we should just do that? Let's read the news. Let's not get the drama here, right? But it <laughs> provides a minimal and simple starting point for building a Laravel application with authentication. It's styled with Tailwind. Uh, Breeze publishes authentication controllers and views to your application that can be easily customized based on your own application's needs. So very lightweight, and for anybody who had an issue with gesture or whatever, this is a great place for you to start and take a look at. And uh, to get started using it, all you need to do is create a new Laravel app and then run Composer Require Laravel slash Breeze and then uh, PHP Artisan Breeze colon install. It even comes with tests for your application. So that's pretty nice. It's powered by Blade and Tailwind. It will be a great starting point for basic authentication. Of course, if you need something more advanced, uh, such as, oh, I don't know, let's see, two-factor authentication, team support, team invites, 
what else? I mean, there's all sorts of garbage in there. It's all sorts of really good stuff. Devices, doesn't it like manage or show you which devices have logged in and you like, can allow like log out of yeah. everybody. It allows you to do like create API keys for your particular user. All sorts of insane stuff. You could use Jetstream as well. That's a really good option. So mm-hmm. check that out too. So there's Laravel Breeze. It's a good one. It's a good one. That's all the Laravel release stuff we had. Hey, I wanted to tell you real quick two things I was thinking about. Um, I think with that D-ball, which you're talking about, Dr. D-ball, I think that also is used if you do something like after or before. Maybe people think I'm crazy for doing that. But like I actually end up like in my views in Table Plus, like there will sometimes be groupings of columns that I want together. It's all yeah. just like before or after, just like a particular one. Yeah. Just appending it onto the end, and I think that uses. Yeah, that too. I do that. Yeah, I do that as well. Yeah, um, I <laughs> one of one of the one of the people I used to work with, they always used to just throw stuff on the end. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't group it. Don't like, especially because I usually have always, um, you know, dates on the end of the table. Absolutely, yes. They're the always. things I'm going to look at least. But uh, you know, I have all of my IDs and my foreign keys and all of that at the front of the database. Yeah, exactly. I have all of my That's... sort of miscellaneous guff in the middle and then the, the dates go at the end so it's you got all, it there is there is method to the madness isn't that um, funny every time like, i see a that's just how it is like that is how it's supposed to be that is always how it mm-hmm. should be all the ideas at the front all the timestamps at the end and the timestamps should be ending in underscore at yeah that's yeah be, yeah that's, we've got some, is, lots of legacy things that have just got things scattered it's like there's the ID, then there's the username, then there's like a different ID, then it's a whole bunch of other fields, and then there's a different ID, and there's a whole bunch of like no. intermingled no, timestamps, no, 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 no. and it's like no, 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 don't, don't be like, come that. on, come on, people, don't, don't be that guy, don't be that person, don't be that person. Okay, hey, the other thing I wanted to mention when you're talking about updating to Laravel eight, uh, Laravel seven or not, sorry, PHP eight, sorry, PHP seven dot two is end of life in seven days. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? We're getting, it's been out for two years. There's old. a two-year release cycle. I know. It There's just seems a, like it wasn't. How it just seems it like seven two wasn't that long ago. I don't know. We're on, we're on we're on all, we're on seven four and everything. We'll be updating to eight pretty quick, I'm sure. But yeah, um, there's um, PHP is I think one year of active support and an additional one year of security and bug fixes and things like that. And after that, it's just out yeah. of the garbage where it belongs. <laughs> uh, move move <laughs> forward. Yeah. Keep up. It, look, I agree. Up, upgrading I agree. now, like PHP. PHP 5.3, you know, gone are the days of 5.3 yes, to 5.4, totally. 5.4 to 5.5, and, and 5.5 to 5.6. And then 5.6 to 7 was the big leap. But the Laravel, uh, the PHP internals team is very good at at making the, the transition forward smooth without, you know, breaking changes and things like that. So uh, it's, it's definitely a lot better than it was in the you know four and five days where it was not really active actively developed and it was not really considered whereas now there's a, a lot more consideration and a lot more thought that goes into that and and the php team does great work in terms of making sure that releases are as not you know it's a major release obviously so it's there are going to be things that break deprecated things that are being removed and so on and so forth but for the for the most part, like keeping up to date, there's no reason that people should just languish in PHP seven now forever, because mm-hmm. you know it's easy to keep going forward now. It is as long and as you keep up to date with it. It's that's exactly right. Yeah, and there is actually like code sniffers and stuff like that, PHP compatibility stuff that you can use yeah. and run across and your Rector, code base. And it'll, yeah, it'll things tell like you. Rector PHP that will just upgrade your application to PHP eight specific stuff. 
You got it. And you can run those things as part of your CI process that will tell you, you know, are you doing something that is done this way in PHP 7.4, but you can convert it to this in PHP 8 and things like that. Like it's just, it's much easier to keep yourself up to date nowadays than, than what it was, than it ever was before. Yep. I totally agree. Plus you get to play with all the new toys, right? You don't have to, you don't have mm-hmm. to wonder if you have it. He's just like, yep, I do. Okay. Right. We already talked about scheduled tasks and then ping me, but go ahead and check that out again. Uh, Laravel internals. This is a new YouTube podcast from the Laravel internals team. So they launched this brand new Laravel internals podcast on YouTube. Each episode will feature team members discussing recent developments around Laravel, Forge, Vapor, Envoyer, and more. So the first episode was with James Brooks and Nuno Maduro. It was posted yesterday. It was really fun. Actually, I say yesterday that was on the 18th. Um, it was fun. It was a good one. And, uh, I thought they did a great job. They did really, really well. And so it was uh, cool to watch and cool to see. Basically, what they said is there's like our blog posts and that there's like stuff we talk about on Twitter, but there's, it's almost something missing. You know, it's like you don't get to hear all the conversation that's going on in that team about these different yeah. releases. And so it's cool to hear it from them and sort of some of the things that they're excited about and what they're working on. And so uh, I think we might talk about that a little bit later with the Laravel Envoy or API stuff. Uh, but that was one of the things they talked about. And, um, so it's pretty cool. So if you haven't watched that, go ahead and check that out. And would that be a vlog? Would it be a vlog or is it like a, it's a live podcast? I guess it's a live podcast because it is a, a podcast, video podcast as well. I guess. It's a video yeah. podcast. It's what yeah. we're doing right now. A vodcast. It's a vodcast. There we go. Vodcast. Okay, so that's Laravel Internals podcast. There you go. Very exciting. Next, speaking of very exciting, Tailwind yes. CSS version 2 has now been released, including so many new features. Oh my gosh. Uh, there is a quick overview of some of the highlights in the launch video. If you have not seen this launch video, you need to check it out. Um, the the Tailwind Labs team went above and beyond with this thing. The video is super slick. They went out and hired like a professional opera singer to sing uh, Utility First in Latin. <laughs> so it's like... Uh, it's so um, funny. It's a custom score arranged by one of Adam's uh, musician friends. And uh, yeah, as I said, the opera singer. The guy the was actually Check the best out. man in his wedding. It was his best man. Yeah, right. the, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> So it's oh, um, so Adam Adam knows and surrounds himself with some very talented people. Yes, so he does. According to the release announcement, updates shouldn't be too hard. Even though Tailwind CSS version 2 is a new major version, they have worked really hard to minimize significant breaking changes, especially ones that would force you to edit tons of your templates. They have renamed two classes. They have removed three that are no longer relevant in modern browsers and replace two with more powerful alternatives. Any other breaking changes that might impact you can be remedied with a couple of small additions to your tailwind.config.js file, and upgrading shouldn't take more than about 30 minutes. As someone who did this on Friday, uh, very, you know, Tailwind CSS version 2 came out on Thursday. We were planning on launching then ping me on Friday, and of course, you had Friday to just was do the it. day you that I chose to, to just upgrade to um, Tailwind 2. Look, we... They, they had feature flagged some things as like forward breaking changes. So I had already enabled that in our Tailwind config and I had already sort of accounted for that kind of stuff. Um, the biggest change was just uh, the, the new color palette. So they now have 220 different color, well, not different colors, but shades of different colors and a new workflow for building your own color scheme. So rather than getting the full default palette that you used to get, you can just plug them in. So you say you want red, but you want your red to be like amber. So you can say red colon colors.amber in your Tailwind config and it will just pull that in and that will be your red colors from, from then on. Um, there's dark mode support, which is making it easier than ever to dynamically change your design when dark mode is enabled. 
um, either by setting a value like a manual toggle on your website that, that toggles a, a class on your body or by detecting the um, you know the visitor's settings on their computer. You can do a dark mode check there. There's a new extra wide 2XL breakpoint that is the, for designing at 1536 pixels and above. There's new outline ring utilities, which are almost as good as if just making outline radius a real thing. There's utility-friendly form styles with a new form reset that makes it easy to customize form elements, including checkboxes with just utility classes, which is really handy. The default line heights are per font size now. So previously, you would have to go and set your own letting for each of the different, um, you know, text sizes. Uh, but you can't, you know, you can't use the same line height for every single font size. As the fonts get bigger, you want to adjust your your letting and things like that. Um, for example, if you can't make using a one and a half line height with the 48 pixel font illegal, we should at least make it not that by default. So that's been added in there. There is an extended spacing typography and opacity scales for fine tuning things at the micro level, making an even bigger impact with huge headlines. And for when opacity 25 wasn't enough and 50 was too much, you can now use the at apply directive in your CSS for anything, including responsive hover focus and other variants. So previously, if you wanted to do, um, you know, like, hover colon underline in your CSS file for something, you would actually have to do the original class name colon hover and then apply the class directly. Whereas they figured out how to do it just using the apply. So you can just That's do all your stuff in the HTML and then copy paste it into your CSS if you're not, if you wanted to do that. There are new text overflow utilities for controlling things more precisely than you can with Truncate on its own. You can extend variants. So you can now enable extra variants like focus dash visible without redeclaring the entire list or thinking about the ordering of those things. Group hover and focus within is now default because you are enabling them on every project anyway. Default transition duration and easing curve, so you only have to add 17 classes to make a button instead of 19. And it is now incompatible with IE 11. So you can tell the man upstairs, sorry boss, it's out of my hands, blame Tailwind and a bunch of other little things. Congrats to Adam, the whole Tailwind Labs team. Go and check out the landing page. The new website looks really, really slick. Uh, yeah, it's there's clean, been lots it's clear, of it's yeah. bold, it's bright, it's super fast, like even all the way down here. Um, they're hosting on Vercel. It's a, it's a Next.js app, so it's all compiled into just static HTML and it's like 20 milliseconds for everything. Every page is just instant. It loads, blink and you miss it kind of stuff. So um, as, as I said, the, the upgrade from... One dot, I were on 1.7 before to or 1.8, whatever the latest 1.x release was. I think it was actually two, might have been 1.9, but yeah, might have been 1.9. Anyway, whatever the latest release was, like getting to version two was was really easy. Uh, once Adam figured out how to do Semver properly, uh, one of the plugins, <laughs> the typography, the, the, oh, the typography man. plugin was not actually compatible with 2.x. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh. Oh, and I had to like we have we're using like Laravel oh Mix gosh. six yeah, beta fourteen or whatever. Like yeah. we are right on the the bleeding edge here, so um, it all works beautifully. Yeah, we've had no issues with it. Um, I just wanted to know though, Jake, you know what Vercel and Next.js are, right? Do I do I need to go over that for you? No, I do know what Vercel is. I uh, I do okay. Next.js. I'm familiar with it. I've not used it. Um, okay. Yeah. Why do you ask? That was that was such a degrading just, comment. Uh... <laughs> Just a, a little birdie asked me to ask you. That's all. Oh, did Wilbur Powery ask? I would never name names like that. Wilbur Powery. my sources always. I, I should, I should, uh, yeah, I should say that he's the one who told me about it. Yeah. Oh, right. dang. There's Wilbur. Dang. Bro, Wilbur, you're killing me, brother. <laughs> What's he say? Jake burned me so. 
<laughs> oh yeah, so funny. Uh, he owes me. He owes me because the other day <laughs> he posted uh, that trailer. Oh man, I don't even know if I want to say it. Anyway, I got him really bad in our in our team Slack, and so he <laughs> <laughs> he just had to get me back. Thanks, Mister Powery. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I know now, thanks to Wilbur. That's, he's the one who told me. So, yes, I do. Okay, oh, moving on here. Encrypting and decrypting data using keys. So, we're moving into our packages section here. So, crypto is a package by Spassi that allows you to easily generate public and private key pairs. And then, so, let's, let's pause there for a second. So, if you've ever had to do that, um, you know that following a tutorial on that, it shouldn't take you too long to do that just in your command line, right? Like you can generate a new key pair using RSA and all that stuff. No worries, right? I can imagine that doing that in PHP might be a tad bit more difficult, but I'm sure there's packages out there to do that, right? Uh, that's what this does, right? It generates that private public key pair for you. Uh, and then it also allows you to encrypt and decrypt messages using those keys. So, uh, it's got some pretty complex ideas underneath the hood, obviously, but it provides a really clean and simple interface, as is the rule for Spassi packages. Uh, so you can just create a new key pair by saying new key pair, uh, generate. Uh, you can store the paths to those. You can actually um, protect the private key with a password. Uh, you can then encrypt data using those private keys, and then you can determine if the data can be decrypted as well as verify the data. So you can check to make sure that the source uh, that you're getting uh, that information from was actually signed with that private key. Uh, and then you can just, instead of having to try and decrypt it and then see if it could be decrypted, you could just check uh, before you decrypt it to say, hey, was this signed? To, am I able to decrypt this? Um, and so there's a bunch of uh, other blog posts that uh, Spassi has written about it. So Freak wrote about it. They have some more information on their GitHub repo as far as some use cases that you might have uh, for how you'd use that. But if this is a problem you've run into, Rest easy, take a big sigh of relief. Spassi's got your back. They got this one covered. And so crypto is the name of that package. Thanks, Spassi. Oh, we well, got speaking storm. of Spassi, yeah, go we've got the ability to store Laravel settings in a database, which is a package from Spassi. It allows you to store strongly typed app application settings in a repository and easily use them throughout your application. There is a package and blog post going into this in greater detail. Uh, basically, it's all code in this post, so I won't go into it, but you can have type properties on a um, a settings, like a general settings class extends from a base settings class, um, and then you can give it groups and things like that and then fetch and set things there. Um, I, look, I don't want to fool myself into thinking I can explain it, the link will be in the show notes. If you want to store your application settings in the database, this is probably the package for you. Ta-da, there we go. And by the way, uh, I'll, I'll kind of run through the next ones because we are at 38 minutes and you said 30. So I'm just trying to stick to your schedule here. So Laravel Envoyer SDK is a community package by Steve McDougall to work with the new Laravel Envoyer API. So they released the API for Envoyer on November 4th, which allows users to interact with Envoyer via a REST API. And you can get an instance of the API by just doing Envoyer colon colon illuminate, passing in your token, and then passing in an optional um, default for the name of the site that you're going to be working with. And then once you have an instance of the client, then you can uh, perform calls using the various Envoyer API endpoints, such as uh, saving projects, finding projects, modifying projects. You can manage them, manage action hooks, manage your deployments, collaborators, notifications, all of that stuff. 
all through this uh, SDK. So you can learn more about this package, get full installation instructions via the source code on GitHub at JustSteveKing slash Laravel dash Envoy dash SDK. There's also API documentation uh, that Laravel released on the new Envoy API, uh, which you can check out at Envoyer.io slash API dash documentation. There you go. Excellent. Next up, we have a Laravel Artisan GUI, which is a package by Bakhtiar Isak Metov. It is for running Artisan commands from a GUI instead of on the command line. By default, you can only access this page in your local environment by visiting uh, slash tilde Artisan in the browser for your application. Artisan GUI does have some configuration options that toggle auth requirements and listing custom commands you'd like to show in the list. You can check out the README for more details. The project uses... Tailwind, Alpine, and Blade templates for the UI. Um, it looks slick. It will uh, show you command output when you click on things in the in the UI there. So uh, definitely check that out if running artists and commands from the UI is something that tickles your fancy. Your fancy. Uh, last thing we've got here, our good friend Kaneko. He is like Mr... Uh, man, I don't know. Like He is just all over the place now, isn't he? He's doing some stuff for Laravel mm-hmm. News. He's designing stuff for Laravel News, which is awesome. He's designed all sorts of logos for all sorts of different open source uh, projects and for non-open source projects. I think he helped with Dries and the uh, Laravel Blade stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's just all over the place. And so anyway, he's got this new thing called Laravel Country logo marks so we all know and love the new laravel logo that was released in new york last time we were all together at uh, laracon mm-hmm. us and so uh after months of wondering if canico should make this collection he's happy to announce that the first release of laravel country logo marks is now publicly available so what it is is it's a collection of pixel perfect assets for your marketing materials for tech events meetups hackathons conferences or workshops and the uh the difference between these and the default Laravel logo is that they are colored with the country's flag, um, right? The colors of the flag of the country that they represent. So, so far, they've got Australia, Belgium, Brazil, France, Germany, India, Netherlands, Nigeria, Portugal, Spain, United Kingdom, USA. And for each country, they have the following, a logo, a logo mark, covers, avatars, a social card, and wallpaper, and they scale all the way up to 4X. So with this collection, you can give your country community a fresh face, but still be associated with the Laravel brand. So Laravel Portugal's Twitter account and YouTube channel are already using it. Um, And uh, if that's something you're interested in, you can definitely check that one out. Nice job, Kaneko. Thanks, dude. Hey, folks, that brings us to the end of the show here. Episode 132. Mr. Michael Dorinda, anything else to say before I do the little wrap on the end? No, that is it. Definitely check out ThenPing Me at ThenPing.me. Don't forget that you can use coupon code Laravel News to get 5% off the launch pricing for the first three months. Um, let us know what you think. Absolutely. Are you using it? Do you find it useful? If you have any questions or concerns, you can reach Jake or myself on Twitter uh, and we can go through that if you want to know more. Absolutely. I'm very excited that it is... You can't see it in my face because I'm so tired. <laughs> but we're uh, very excited that it is finally out in the world. For sure. For sure. 
Well, hey, folks, thanks so much for joining us. This was episode 132. You can find show notes for this episode at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 132. If you had any comments or questions, again, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Jake Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, or at Laravel News. And if you uh, liked the episode, we'd really appreciate it if you'd give us five stars in your podcatcher of choice or give us a little retweet and a like next time you see it pop up on the Twitters. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you again in two weeks. Bye.